your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Away we go, Bills Mafia. Every single time I record this podcast, (laughs) we're so close to the start of the 2022 campaign. Just checking the days off until we get to Buffalo Bills football. Really appreciate you listening. Hey, make sure you follow, like, subscribe, rate, review, all of our stuff. Seven days a week, Bills content, articles and video and audio. It's really, really great stuff. An awesome team. Uh, covering this uh, this club in, in the Bills, and uh, everybody's having a blast doing it, and we appreciate you uh, coming along for the ride. And uh, you can get me on Twitter as well, at Mike L Sports. We're on all the social platforms from Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you know, TikTok. Go out and find us, and, and like I said, subscribe, rate, review, share. Again, really appreciate all of the support. He is a play-by-play man for the NFL on CBS, so good at what he does. He'll have a lot of Bills games this year, I'm sure. He had a ton last year, home and away, and postseason. It is Ian Eagle. How you doing, sir? Doing well, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and obviously every day that you know gets clipped off the calendar, we are closer to the NFL, and I, I can't remember, even in the 90s, the expectations being this high for the Buffalo Bills. Um, you've seen a lot of this team. You've seen the growth under McDermott and Bean. You've seen Josh Allen. You've seen what they've built around him. The Buffalo Bills will win the Super Bowl this year if. Finish that sentence for me. <laughs> well, if they stay healthy more than anything else, their team is stacked. Uh, I think in many ways they became the people's champ last year, even though they didn't win the title the way things ended against Kansas City. It, it was a growing sentiment around NFL fan circles, media observers that this was the best team in football. They just didn't get to the mountaintop. But for the most part, the group is back. Some subtle changes here and there. Some bigger names that that are now gone and big names that are a part of it. And I think that also has to be mentioned in this equation. The fact that Von Miller wanted to be on this team. That just shows you how far... This franchise has gone, and the perception within the marketplace of the NFL that Buffalo is a destination. He had options. He had multi-million dollar options. I think he understood this was the best fit. They understood the star value they were getting and the experience they were getting with multiple Super Bowls. And I think it's a pretty good indicator of where the Bills are. They've arrived They are being taken seriously. They are sneaking up on nobody. They are very much relevant. And I do believe going into this 2022 season, they are the team that everybody is circling to beat in the NFL. How much better can Josh Allen get? I think there's still room. And we've seen the kind of improvement that you want to see out of a quarterback year in, year out. First year, and Mike, we've discussed this, first year you saw flashes, Mm -hmm. you saw moments, you recognized why the team was so high on him, just the sheer raw skill. Second year, still there were those, those singular plays that you would love to have back, where he tried to force the action, where he took it upon himself, where he maybe didn't trust his eyes or didn't trust his teammates or didn't trust his defense. And then 
third year, there was this clear maturation and his ability to harness that talent and push this team into the playoffs and to become a factor in the postseason. And then fourth year, you're talking about MVP-like performances where he could put the team on his back, even though he didn't necessarily need to. But in the game that I called in the playoffs, the Pills and Patriots, <laughs> that was a tour de force. Yeah. It's one of those games, if you're a football fan with no affiliation, with no connection, and you watched him go out and perform, your reaction, without knowing the background and the reputation, your reaction would be, oh, that's, that's one of the best players in the NFL. And nothing changed after that. It's not as if his reputation took a hit in the loss. If anything, it was probably even more concrete and valid for everybody to see. So I think he comes into the season riding high. He's an MVP favorite. And I actually think there is still room for improvement. When you've seen certain quarterbacks just have a sublime run, you know, like a Mahomes or a Rodgers or a Brady you know, going back with Manning where you just felt everything they were doing was the right thing. Every button they were pushing was the right button. I think Josh Allen still has that in him over a sustained period of time. Ian Eagle with us here, NFL on CBS, as we gear up for the 2022 campaign. Um, when you go to Buffalo and you call games, what do you look forward to the most? Well, I, I would look forward to a better heater next time. That <laughs> we were not prepared for that wild card game. Yeah. Uh, people on our crew that uh, we we talked through with that week said, uh, "Oh no, no, we're bringing in these industrial size heaters. I think we rented them from a place that puts them in schools." Well, that was not the answer. That uh, that did not get it done. Uh, what I look forward to, in, in all seriousness, is the passion. And you're going to feel it from the moment you land when you see a life-size stand-up of Steve Tasker in the airport to the moment you leave. It's, it's guaranteed, you know, unlike a lot of other NFL cities where there are multiple sports teams represented from every league and maybe the history of another team is actually larger and more historic than the NFL team in that city. With the Buffalo Bills, you just feel it. You feel it from, from the moment you step off the airplane or the moment you get out of your car, depending upon your mode of transportation. And it just carries over from going to the facility to meet with the team and then going to the road hotel for the visiting team and the fact that you still feel the Bills' presence. And then showing up, obviously, day of game and having to leave your hotel early. One of the only cities that I can think of where you have to build in an extra 15, 20 minutes just to wade through the the fans that have made their way there early. The pilgrimage that takes place every single time that, that you show up. So it's it's different. It's just not the same old thing like you might experience in, in certain NFL cities. And that's the norm, by the way. Buffalo is not the norm. You know when you're going to Orchard Park, you're just going to get a different kind of vibe. And it's special. One thing that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have done, among others, but 
really, really, really well is they draft, they develop, and they keep. Yeah. So, yeah. sure, Josh Allen leads the pack. I get it. But for all the other guys who are either entering a rookie season or they're in year two or they've been around this part for, you know, three, four years, you know, whether it's Edmonds and Milano or it's Spencer Brown, Deion Dawkins, uh, Kyrie Elam and, and whoever else, Ky- uh, Khalil Shakir, uh, Devin Singletary, on and on it goes, Gabe Davis. Um, what what guy do you think on either side of the ball, frankly, Ian, do you think has has been the the big outside of Josh Allen the model of what McDermott and Bean do. Yeah, I think Karen Johnson is a name. There's that another comes one. To mind. Yep. Yep. Buffalo uh, that he just gets better every year. He makes plays every year, and no, he doesn't necessarily get the headlines because he's had a Pro Bowler in front of him, or uh, he's been more of a backseat role. But that's someone that that stands out to me. Uh, a fourth round pick. If I remember correctly, in his rookie year, he was banged up, so he didn't really get to see what he was all about. And then every year, his aggressiveness in the slot has shown his development, picking up the system. Look, give credit where credit is due. Sean McDermott, defensive guy. Leslie Frazier has done outstanding work with this unit. And I just think they're they're well-coached in general. You just always feel like they've been well-versed, well-schooled, well-prepared every week. And if there's going to be a question this year, it's going to be on the offensive side, the flow of the offense without Dable, who was deeply connected with Josh Allen. But we know about the relationship with Dorsey and the trust level. And the hope is it's going to be a, a very smooth transition. Look, even let's take an Ed Oliver as an example. I know Ed was expected to do huge things, and maybe it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. I still think there's another level for him. And given the track record of the Buffalo Bills, odds are he's going to get there. And eventually we're going to see what they saw. Look, he's still been a productive player, but you know they saw a pro bowler. And, and that really is the next step. I throw Deion Dawkins into the mix. Now we're getting a little deeper back into the 2017 years. But there's there's been this common thread for the Buffalo Bills. You're right. They draft them well or they sign them as undrafted free agents. They develop them. And then the ones that they, they truly believe in, uh, they make sure to, to keep them around. Um, you know, even a trade for Orion Bates. And that's a player they saw something in and they developed and they blocked, I believe it was the Bears that were looking to, to nab them. They recognized that they still want to experience the fruits of their labor. You know, one thing that is really curious to me right now is, is kind of not just the, the way the Bills go in and, and handle the hype and expectations, but it's also... The AFC is so loaded. I mean, you alluded yeah. to both earlier in the interview. Um, what one do you think is the bigger challenge for this team? Is it is it the hype and expectation part, or is it just the damn competition where, let's face it, after the division winners, you might have eight or nine teams vying for, what, three spots as a wild card here, right? No, you're right. You're right. And, Mike, think back to last year. It did come down to the final moment, the final game, yep. as to who was going to be in the playoffs in the AFC, and I think you're going to see a similar situation this year. And if you look back on how things transpired, 
nobody would have picked the Cincinnati Bengals to make the run that they made. They caught fire at the right time. It was this perfect storm with Joe Burrow having the the kind of command that you look for in a playoff run and a good draw. Yeah, they, they had a good draw in, in the playoffs and they took care of business. So uh, you have to clearly laud what the Bengals did. I'm going to take you back because we're closing in on the season opener. And I think back to a year ago, preparing for Buffalo and Pittsburgh in week one and all of the hype and all of the positivity and the sense that the bills could be a Super Bowl team and rightfully so they deserved that label and the deflated feeling that bills fans had after that game one. And it's a reminder of how long the season is, the ebbs and flows of a season. There is no league that has a higher reactive, positive and negative, to one game, one week than the NFL. Because it means so much. And there's so much chatter leading up to these games. And there's so much attention. So the only thing I would say in trying to categorize what's going to be the bigger challenge managing expectations and hype that comes within your building. And I do think Sean McDermott does a good job of that, recognizing that he can't be exactly the same guy that he was when he took over this job. Things have changed and they have put a culture into place. The competition is the real beef here. That's how you find out where you stack up. So there are going to be certain games along the way where people are going to form opinions on you. And how you handle them and what your performance level is will go a long way in determining how you're viewed in the NFL. But if I'm the Buffalo Bills, the way that I'm viewing this season is a culmination of what has been built and actually going out and doing what you know this team is capable of doing. Finally, you're one of the best in the business as a play-by-play man. Um, I know that you loved listening to and respected so much Vin Scully, uh, who we just recently lost. Um, can you, can you shed some light into what he meant to you as a, as a play-by-play man, somebody in the business? Did you ever meet him? You know, what, what separated him from the pack? Take me through how you remember Vin Scully. Only met him once and it was very brief at the uh, old chase stadium Mets were playing the Dodgers. Uh, I happened to be there in the press box and had a chance to, to shake his hand and say hello, but no deep conversations more from afar and the acknowledgement of what it takes to be a true professional in this business. And that means having a personal standard, not, something that's put forth by your bosses or by your uh, by your team that you work for or by your partner. None of that is what I'm discussing. It's about personal level of professionalism. And that's what he brought every game. It didn't matter if it was game seven of the World Series on a national network or if it was a random game in early June for Dodgers TV or Dodgers radio. He was the same. And that's truly what I've tried to 
to view this job as. Uh, you have to be consistent in what you do. If it's a net game on a Tuesday night or a huge NFL playoff game, it matters the same. It doesn't change the way you do your job. It doesn't change the way you do your prep. So I think with Vin, more than anything else, his articulate nature, you just marvel at. You can't reproduce that. You can't simulate that. You could be really smart, and you're still not going to be able to paint the picture the way Vin did. But what you can do is try to get the most out of your abilities, recognizing that authenticity is so important in this business. And if you really want to try to connect with an audience, you've got to be aware and prioritize who matters the most in what it is that you do. And that's the viewer or listener more than anybody else in that equation. So that's some of the tenants that, that I've taken from Vin and the reaction to his passing just shows you the impact that he had within the business, within the baseball community, and uh, certainly just beyond as a human being, anybody that you talk to that came in contact, the first thing they would tell you, he was all class. And that's how you want to be remembered in life. Well, for the viewers and listeners out there, we are pumped up for the NFL season to watch you, Ian Eagle. Thank you for the time. NFL on CBS, play-by-play. The the, the (laughs) season can't get here soon enough. For most of us, uh, continued success. You know, I always love having you on. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, thanks, Mike. Really appreciate it. And I uh, can't wait to get to Western New York and and do it all over again. It's it's going to be a fun ride this year, no doubt. Nobody beats Ian Eagle, I'll tell you that. All right, I'm going to finish up the podcast here, uh, just kind of recapping some of my thoughts with uh, the Bills and the Broncos in the preseason game, um, you know, and, and just kind of some, some, some takeaways I mean, right out of the shoot, I think the number one thing that you have to look at is, you know, the offense is just absolutely humming. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. I mean, it is humming. It is, it is, it looks like it's in midseason form. Uh, you know, the little scramble kind of pirouette that Josh Allen did in the pocket and then turning, uh, you know, and just firing this bullet. I mean, what a cannon of an arm this guy has got. To Gabe Davis for the touchdown, that was something to watch and just be like, geez, I mean, it feels like it's <laughs> the middle of October or November uh, with with that throw. Um, you know, Matt Barkley came in and, and was 7 for 8, not bad. Uh, uh, you know, Case Keenum went in 16 for 18, had a way better game than the Colts game. Uh, I thought the ground game is really something to watch and develop. I think there's four running backs who are going to make this roster in terms of Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, and uh, Taiwan Jones, simply because Jones plays a lot of special teams as well. But I would look at the running back room kind of that way. I wouldn't be surprised if Raheem Blackshear made it over. Uh, I don't know, maybe Taiwan Jones, uh, but I, I would, I would, I would have, I would doubt it. Um, and I say I wouldn't be surprised because you just sometimes never know. I mean, you know, it, it, it's easy to say. Uh, this and that about roster formation and, you know, what McDermott and Bean value and his coat, you know, McDermott's assistance. But the reality is we, we really don't know. Uh, usually every year with every team, there's a surprise, you know, roster guy on the 53. So 
Uh, but I would expect those four guys I mentioned in terms of Moss, Cook, Singletary, and Jones to make the roster. But, man, the running game looked really good. I mean, Blackshear was fine in the holes. Johnson, Singletary, Cook, Moss. Uh, and, and I got to tell you, I mean, Aaron Cromer is an offensive line coach. This offensive line already looks different. I mean, it looks so uh, nimble uh, on the feet. It looks so technical. Uh, it looks stronger and more powerful. Uh, it looks it looks potentially dominant. And, and I've said it for a long time. I think the O-line could be really, really good, you know, really, really good uh, this year. Um, you know, defensively, obviously, you know, Balin Spector has been all, all over the field in the preseason. Um, you know, Andre Smith had some, some, some reps. Uh, we'll see what he can do down, down the line. Right. Um, you know, and, and then other guys just continue to really, uh, impress here, uh, for the bills, especially, uh, when you look at guys up front, you know, uh, it, it was a high motor game for, uh, you know, a lot of the guys on the D line who, who are, we are just chomping at the Benny Greg Rousseau. Uh, looked like his motor was just way up, um, you know, and, and the Bills are every single time they play a preseason game, which they're now what? They've won 10 in a row. Um, you know, as we move from one to the next to the next, and we'll see what happens this week in Carolina, um, but this team is so deep. I mean, it is so deep. In fact, this Buffalo Bills team is so deep that, you know, after last year when Spencer Brown went through his, his rookie campaign, you were like, oh, man, he's definitely a bookend right tackle. He's definitely a, a bookend right tackle for, um, or I guess it would have been year two maybe. Um, but, you know, he, he's going to be the guy opposite Deion Dawkins for 10 years, right? That's what we thought. That's what we thought. And now we have some major competition. You know, we have major competition as he heads into his third year. Because it looks like there's a strong possibility that David Questenberry could be the right tackle. And so, therefore, you know, you would go Deion Dawkins on the left. You would go Roger Saffold on the left guard spot. Mitch Morse is your center. Uh, Ryan Bates as your right guard. And then Questenberry on the right tackle spot. You know, and, and you'd have Spencer Brown now as a depth piece. I mean, that could happen. The way Questenberry's played, the preseason he's had, the camp he's had, that could happen. Um, you know, I'm very, very much also looking forward to, you know, seeing the defensive end rotation. Um, we know that that Von Miller and Gregory Russo will be will be the bookend DNs. You know, you have a situation where AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham provide the depth pieces, and then still you have Shaq Lawson. Now, there's been some noise, you know, in and around Western New York here recently that maybe Shaq Lawson won't make the roster. I don't think that'll be the case. I think they brought him in to be, you know, a locker room presence. And listen, there's no heat on Shaq Lawson whatsoever. Shaq Lawson is a guy who the Bills can absolutely positively count on when they need him. They don't need him on first down and 10. They don't need him on third and five to get the team off the field late in the fourth quarter. They need him when they need him, and there's not a lot of heat on him. He's not the guy. He's not the second guy. He's not the third guy. He's not the fourth guy. So this could be a perfect spot for Shaq Lawson in his return to Buffalo coming up uh, already in year seven, which is just mind-boggling and hard to believe. Now, the D tackles uh, really are, are, are going to be strong you know, all year. Um, I thought that the rotation looked pretty good against Denver. 
Um, you know, the secondary, we're waiting to see kind of the Trey, you know, everything obviously with the, the secondary is kind of based on the Trey White timeline, right? There's no doubt about it. But I think the Bills, you know, with Jaquan Johnson, with safety position, they're going to, they're really going to be there. Hyde and Poyer, we know. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlet, again, I'm just kind of speaking still more to the depth of this team. Nick McLeod is impressed. Um, you know, so we'll see where these guys kind of fit in. I think right now, the Bills are probably comfortable with Kyrie Elam and Dane Jackson to start the season. Now, Christian Benford has challenged. He's looked really, really good. Um, but, man, this team is deep. The competition battles I've talked about forever. Uh, this is what happens when you have unbelievable depth and unbelievable competition. There's just guys. There's layers of players, you know. I mean, really. And, uh, and Buffalo has a chance to be really special this year. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, when you look at that 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 game, uh, I think the Bills got everything that they wanted out of every single unit, first, second, third. Um, you know, all the quarterbacks got to play. Uh, Allen got his, you know, he was chopping at the bit, you know, to, uh, to, 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 to make at least an appearance. Um, you know, the Bills just moved the ball up and down the field at will. Um, you know, Tyler Bass looked good. Matt Ariza continues to look great. Um, the running game is going to be a real, real big factor for Buffalo this year in terms of, you know, balancing the offense and the Aaron Cromer offense and a lot more downfield stuff. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of the, the, the gaps that they open. I mean, it, the, the line looks really, really good. I thought it was really good before, but I think they look really different and they look really polished. Um, and, and, and I think again, that, that it's an offensive line that honestly has the potential to dominate. So, uh, was just really impressed across the board. Again, I know it's only preseason, but here we go. Um, we're getting closer and closer and closer here towards the start of the season. And I'm just looking forward to from here until the season, well, until basically the roster is formed. I'm just interested to see in, in how the running back room, you know, kind of sorts itself out. I told you my four guys I think will make the roster. Boom. Uh, I'm very interested to see how the the, the slot receiver position uh, pans out. You know, is there room for Jameson Crowder and Khalil Shakir? You know, we know Isaiah McKenzie's there, no doubt. Uh, is Isaiah Hodgins in play uh, more than any other guys, right? I mean, they just cut Matt Hawk, uh, the punter, and they just cut Tavon Austin, so Austin's out of the picture. Uh, you know, the kick return and punt return battles, you know, giving different guys different reps there. How does that shake out? Uh, and then I mentioned, you know, the positions on defense with the competition and, and kind of the pecking order. So um, things are uh, things are going well for the Bills, and it's only the preseason. There's plenty more to come, but um, just wanted to kind of give my uh, two cents here on that game against Denver uh, and recap that for you. Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, thanks for listening to the Pandemonium Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. Make sure you hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, and go follow us all over all the social media apps from Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to YouTube and Instagram, Built in Buffalo. Rate, review, subscribe, you name it, on all the social platforms on Twitter, at Built in Buffalo underscore. We just surpassed 53,000 followers on Facebook, so keep it going. Seven days a week of content. Every single day, it's articles, it's videos, it's 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 audio, um, you know, and, and, and really a lot of the guys are doing the, the video-audio uh, combination of podcasts as well. So make sure you catch those uh, shows, including Breaking Tables and others. So uh, really appreciate the listen, Bills Mafia. You're the best, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games. 